Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Podcast with Paul, with Scott, with Liam. Hello, hello. Good evening. Hello. How's things? Yeah, all right. Yeah. How's it with you being 50 years of age now? Yes, it's it's a week. Slowly adjusting to it. Notice any difference? Yeah, you're still wearing a scarf indoors. (laughs) I'm feeling (laughs) the cold. Yeah. Did he bring his slippers? I was going to bring slippers, actually, tonight. But he has taken to wearing a baseball cap now, he's 50. (laughs) 50 is the new 48, mate, I'm telling you. It's... I don't know, Paul's 48, you don't dress like that. You never see me in a baseball cap. Yeah, 50 is interesting. I recommend it to everybody. It's Especially the celebrating, you know. For, for those that don't know, I, I turned 50 last week and uh, we went out. We had a bloody great day, didn't we, really? It was a, a long, drunken day, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a really bad headache and I had to go home. I couldn't get rid of that headache. Yeah, all day. Well, well, no, during the day I was fine, but it was one I was I think it's because, and I said this to Paul, when I have a cigar, I used to sit down, have a whiskey, and it's a slow, drawn-out process, but yeah. because here we was all kind of on the go, mm. my head just hurt so But Sitting in that cupboard was the only thing that, by the way, this is a massive cupboard. Yeah. I didn't know that. The no. one where all the coats and that are. Yeah, you sat in the cupboard. I found him in there because I, I was worried he'd gone home. He called me he's on Christian's phone because he knew if he called me on his own. So he's like, oh, hi. And this is the voice, exactly Paul's voice. Oh, hi, mate, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm outside. I went for a walk. And he went, oh, okay, just wonder where you are. Cause, and he walked past another door open and I could see him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cupboard. I'll be back. And I just knocked at the door. He's like, oh, you fucking dick. Sitting in a cupboard. Because yeah. it was dark. It got rid of the headache. Yeah. He did say, if you want, you can lay on my bed. I'm like, yeah, because that's ideal. When a man tells you you can no, lay on his bed. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, nope, we've all been drinking. Well, I want to wake up and walk properly. <laughs> no surprise you had a headache. I mean, we was in a distillery yeah. Yeah. at one o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. sampling neat vodka and neat gin. Uh, yeah. Also, I had what is classed as... Yellow oh. beer. Yes, the the halfway stage between um, distilling it and it becoming a spirit, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It looked yeah. disgusting. It um, tasted nice. It really actually did taste nice. Yeah, tasted better than like San Miguel. That had, that had quite <laughs> quite a high alcohol content as well, though, didn't it? Yeah, I could have actually carried on drinking. That wouldn't bother me. Mm. And I also had a shot of the their white whiskey spirit they... before it becomes whiskey. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. It was a, watching how they do make vodka and the gin and stuff like that. Uh, I think uh, when they described it as tour was... Um... It wasn't a tour. It was, it was a very large room. We could have, like, seen... The, well, we could he see could have just other... shouted it from the end of the room. Come over here. Don't, don't mind me. I'm just doing Joyce. It's something different, I <laughs> Something different. That was my favourite bit, seeing how good Joyce will put herself to work. That's a point, because one of the... They, they named one of the called... stills... Joyce, which happens to be my mum's name. Excellent. So, <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, look at Joyce, she's got a big gun. Uh, old boiler. Yeah. <laughs> she can really put the strain on that juice. <laughs> oh, please. 90% proof, Joyce. Yep. Right. So, yeah, that was, that was my 50th. Um, last time we met, absolutely fantastic episode last time. I'm going to blow our own trumpets here because I think the conversation we had about Whiplash was great yeah yeah, yeah. definitely you know the build up to it we spoke for an hour before about the previous 30 episodes and then the just 
concentrating on one episode. We don't normally do one episode in a night, do we? I mean, no, this evening we're going to record two, two aren't or three. We? So, yeah. yeah, and that was great because I think Whiplash deserved a bit more time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's definitely going to be in my top ten for quite some time. That surprised me. You made that decision on oh, one watch. Yeah. Yeah, great film. I mean, it's in your top five, Lynn, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. Which will probably, probably change in yeah, three years' time. Yeah. Yeah, My top five always does. There's only one film that stays there, and I don't know why it does, but yeah. Whiplash probably will. Bouncing and out sometimes. Yeah. It just, yeah. It's like we always, I actually had this conversation the other day with my brother. Mm. It's, like you've said, is on any given day, someone says, name your top five films. There'll be one yeah. that you always go to, mm. but then the rest can be anything. And like I said to mm. Devin, I was like, yeah, Whiplash. Which, I mean, he loves as well because he's a better drummer than I am. But, Is he? I didn't know. Yeah, Devon's um, yeah, lessons and everything. But, <clears throat> yeah, he's one of them films that will always spring to mind and I can watch it. I've watched it so many times anyway. But it was a great film. It's only better than Liam because J.K. Simmons was Devon's teacher. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a scar on his yeah, face. Threw a couple of symbols at him. Not my tempo. Not my tempo. Crack. That's why I'm surprised that Paul actually likes the film because Paul has no rhythm or tempo. No, Paul has no taste. I, I can dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul sits there watching the film, pretending he's drumming. He's Paul, like, "What am I doing?" No, no, no. Paul, Paul wouldn't recognise a good movie if it jumped up and bit him on the arse. Let's be honest. <laughs> Whoa! What you said about Untouchables? <laughs> I always Untouchables on Blu-ray. I'm interested to find yeah. out what he thinks of tonight's movie. He's, he's giving me one of those funny looks, Liam. Um, we're going back to one of the oldest movies we've reviewed so far. Is it 1933? Uh, uh, we're all going to... Uh, I've got 1934. 1934. I could be wrong. I've got 33 on IMDb. 1933, it's got well, silly questions. Ah, there we go. So, in celebration of a bit of a resurgence in interest in Stan and Ollie with the movie coming out, I guess. guess. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this with Sons of the Desert. And remember, once taken, this oath has never been broken by any man down through the centuries of time in the history of this fraternal organization. If any member is doubtful of his strength to keep this solemn pledge, he will please be seated. I don't want to Place yourselves in position to receive the oath. Do you all solemnly swear to be present at our 87th annual convention at Chicago? I do. Me too. Wholeheartedly unanimous. We are the sons of the desert, having the time of our lives, working along two thousand strong, far from our sweethearts and wives, God bless them, tramp, 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 the boys are marching, and dancing to this melody. Sons of the Desert, released in the UK, 7th of May, 1934. Made in 1933, but released here in 1934. So, really? yeah, there we right. go. Director, William A. Sita, or Sita, starring Stan Laurel, Oliver Hardy, May Bush, Charlie Chase, Dorothy Christie, and Lucian Littlefield. The plot. I'm not going to read a synopsis. Someone give us the plot. What is the plot of Sons of the Desert? Wow. There's not much of one, really. Mm-hmm. They belong to a brotherhood of sorts. A lodge. A lodge, yeah. Mm. And they're trying to go to their convention and the wives won't let them. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the original setup for every sitcom episode you've ever seen of, like, you know, this misunderstanding or this comedy of errors or this conflict between husbands and wives and all that sort of stuff that you're familiar with, you know, old sort of 76. Yeah, I think, actually, when you say that, yeah. Isn't it? I, I can a, see, like, yeah. with the whole line to the missus about yeah. where you're going mm, and trying to cover it and why you're And there. then that backfires and then something else yeah, happens. because thinking of, like, friends, 
And yeah. Joey in Vegas when he was going to make a film, but he doesn't, and he's actually working in a casino. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm here. Don't come out here. And it's, yeah, I suppose on that sense, yeah, I, I see that now. I and it's all about that. being the the man of the house, but then not. No way. I mean, Stan to a certain degree gets the upper hand a little bit, but as they say, there's, you know, it's quite clear who wears the trousers in both of those households. Mm. I think that's the same with life in general. Yeah. <laughs> a man wears the trousers in the house when she's not home. Yeah. <laughs> so how familiar are you guys with Lauren Hardy? Um, I'm of an age where it used to be on on a Saturday, Sunday morning. Um, yeah. But more the shorter... The 20-minute 20 20 ones. 20-minute ones, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I and I remember the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Oh, nearly got to number one. Yeah, didn't it? I can't remember what kept it off. It might have been Premium Rhapsody. I think kept it off off the chart. And it was it was a, alongside Abbott Costello and and other sort of old sort of probably cheap to TV movies well, at when, the time. When we were kids, there was yeah. a lot of Abbott and Costello. Well, Harold Lloyd was always on, wasn't it? And, and no, I don't remember. Don't remember Harold, Harold Lloyd? Lloyd. Yeah, that was on weekdays, sort of. Five six o'clock in the afternoon after kids' TV had finished, there would be a lot of like Lauren Hardy. Watching Neighbours. Yeah, this was before <laughs> Neighbours. Yeah, I was um, watching Neighbours when I was a kid, so you weren't. Yeah, yeah I was. It started in eighty three, eighty four. I think exactly. you weren't a kid then. <laughs> so we're quite familiar. Our, our generation is familiar with Lauren Hardy, even though when we were growing up, there was fifty years old. Then you know, it was yeah. fifty, sixty years old. Liam, for someone quite a bit younger than us. I'm not going to say a little bit because you always correct me when I say a little bit younger. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not even near 40, let alone 50. <laughs> Nearly 34, so you're, I'm still not near 40. You're, you're <laughs> I'm not even, I'm closer to 35. I'm 33. <laughs> so, okay, as, as a 33-year-old, as a yep. what's your history of Lauren Hardy? How familiar are you with them? Um, I'm not, other than, I remember when I was a kid, like it would be on... Channel 4 sometimes. Um, but again, because I was a kid, seeing anything back then, black and white, was like, oh, that's so old, why would I watch it? <laughs> yeah. um, keeping in mind like things like, I've only in the last, I'd say five years or so, got into things like Charlie Chaplin and stuff, which mm-hmm. is prior. But um, yeah, I'd never, I've seen like the little snippets and that that were on TV and it said like, Paul mentioned like the 20 minutes sort of stuff. Yeah. But nothing that I could ever remember. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, it was just a name. I, I always heard the name mentioned by people older than me, like yeah. my so, uncles and stuff. I, I think nowadays their image and the name is more iconic than the actual, the actual films. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't, like Liam, for example, you couldn't, name any other sort of like famous sketch they did or routine or anything like that but you're just aware of yeah, I know, them as I a comedy know duo of, yeah. yeah I mean I always used to struggle with the fact that I remember Stan Laurel but I always used to forget that it was Oliver Hardy I'd be like <laughs> what was the fat one's first name <laughs> yeah. and I'd never I could never remember like Laurel and Hardy and I know like that there's references in films to them there's um, in Friends there's the picture in um, Jeremy Chandler's apartment mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. and you see things like that and they are iconic Yeah, um, but I just never um, I don't know why, it just never, never interested me to even look, which is strange considering like comedy and com- like comedic films are what I love. But They're an important part of Hollywood history, definitely. And if I was to introduce Lauren Hardy to somebody who'd never seen them before, I would pick a couple of the 20-minute shorts, not this particular yes. movie. Yeah. I've only picked this one because... It's not even feature length. This is like an hour and eight minutes long. It's not even an hour and a half, this one. Mm. But I think this is probably the most accessible one. It's the one that shows them at their peak. It's the one that is sort of traditional Lauren Hardy skits. You know, that the relationship is there. That whole thing with the wives wasn't in every movie. Mm. You know, there were different people in different situations in different movies, you know, mm. different shorts and that. But this one, I think, is one that people remember because Sons of the Desert is also the name of the fan club here, isn't it? It's the... Um, yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, the British fan club is called Sons of the Desert and it's based in Gillingham. No way. It's literally based, really? it's based around the corner from me, the head office. Yeah, well, it's, it's a house on Trailer Street. Oh. <laughs> Pretty much around that way, yeah. And Sons of the Desert is the name of, like, the fan club. 
it's, it's just generic for you know the fans of, of Stan and Ollie. But as I say, if I was to introduce it to somebody that didn't know, I'd, I'd show Toad in the Hole or Busy Bodies or something. You, you know the more famous ones. You, you probably don't know the names, Paul's looking no. at me blankly, but you'd know the sketches as soon as you see them. I'm going to start with you, Liam, for somebody that really doesn't know any Lauren Hardy being asked to watch an hour and ten minutes of something that's nearly a hundred years old when you look at it that way that's Mm. frightening isn't it yeah as it stand up what did you think well well (laughs) um and it's quite strange to be fair because i was actually speaking to paul about this that i love charlie chaplin which is a little earlier than yeah even though he was running yeah but i think and i can see especially when you mentioned about things with the lines of the wife and how much that is like in so, many, so much comedy now mm. um, I didn't notice that while I was watching it unfortunately but I, I don't I, it was difficult because it was for me I thought it was going to be a shorter sort of film because I'd heard about like sketches that were like yeah. 20 minutes on TV yeah. um, I, I have to say I struggled okay. to uh, stick with it um, mainly because and obviously this is at the time I could imagine that was new because that was one of the like the first comedy duos um, yeah, in history. Yeah. But there, there was bits that I struggled to even like with time because I think where myself personally, not and it's, I'm not digging the film out, I'm just my own mm. I'm quite quick witted, so I like my humour to be quick. Yeah. And there's bits with that that like, I think I could imagine people that hadn't seen that before would find genius, but it's like when Stan Laurel goes in and then he starts eating the wax fruit. Brilliant. Uh, literally <laughs> the first scene I was like, Oh nice. Yeah. And then it carried on. I was like, okay. And then it carried on. I'm like, oh, okay. And then and I get that this is probably great then and might have lasted for quite a while. But I think because of my age, that sort of humour. You only needed to see me that one bit. That one bit. And then someone yeah. go, what are you doing? And smack him around the head or something. I, I think what probably was happening back in 1933, mm. an audience has laughed at yeah. that first bit. And the laughter is going to drown out anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to follow it, so they have to drag out yeah. that sequence. Yeah. Otherwise, if there's a bit of dialogue straight after that, where the audience is laughing so much at Stan's reaction, and yeah, it, it's, it's only a few years into talking as well. It's only, well, yeah. Yeah, literally five or six, yeah. isn't and it? I think yeah. that's the thing yeah. that I like noticed that there was um, one bit that I did <clears throat> that, I, that stuck in my head was when they're at the convention and they're with um, uh, Texas. Hardy's. Yeah, with Tex, yeah. who's her brother. Yes. And when he's calling, he's like, oh, let me speak to her. And he's like that. And when he realises where she lives, yeah. he's like, oh, okay, gotta go, sugar. And, like, yeah. and that bit alone, is, and again, it's when you said about mm. how that sort of stuff is it's tiny, everywhere isn't now. It? Yeah. That, I, mean, I didn't even think of it at the time, but as you said, it, it genuinely is. You see a lot of that whole... It's the basis for sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I would have to say I didn't particularly enjoyed this film uh-huh. um, not to say that I wouldn't watch another Laurel and Hardy okay yeah. because it, this is also the only one that's not on Amazon Prime all their oh, other stuff is it's on right. YouTube uh, which <laughs> where is, I watched yeah, it yeah. yeah it's everywhere but, um, <laughs> did you watch the colour version of no it? I watched the black and white version because there's a version on YouTube which I started watching earlier in the week which is coloured yeah, I think somebody made that yeah, yeah. they've coloured in the frame by frame and it they used a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it just doesn't look no, the, right. The colourised versions were done early 90s because they right. brought them out on VHS. Yeah. Um, it was a whole spate of it. I think it was Ted Turner, Turner Classic Movies, authorised all of this colourisation of Casablanca and It's a Wonderful Life. And, all, and people were up in arms about it, you know, because it's like, no, 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 you're, you're taken away from, you know, the original quality. It works and it doesn't. I mean, if they would probably colourise them digitally now, it'd look a lot better. Mm. I think things like that, like I just watched, I think probably about four or five days ago, watched the um, on Netflix the was it World War Two in colour mm. that they put on Netflix that they've... Re- and it, that, you feel it more because yeah. you actually see... I know they can't do it perfectly, but with that, because you know it's real, you, you kind of... You feel it because you see a bit more. It doesn't make it seem like 80 years ago. No. It, it makes, makes it, it feel seem like, like it was yesterday. Yeah, and you yeah. need to keep that in yeah. your mind. Yeah. But with films, like, as I say, because I'm a Charlie Chaplin fan, that I wouldn't want to watch anything of his in colour. Yeah. Because there's bits that I could go, okay, fine. Do you know what? I don't think, even 
up to the 50s when he was making his talkies and things mm. like that Chaplin never made a colour movie he still recorded in, in, in black and white I'm sure he did. I no. Black Dictator had colour in no, it. No, that was black and white. That was black and white, white. No. yeah. I only yeah. watched that the other fucking window. Yeah, and then he was like, doing stuff in the 50s, like Limelight and stuff like that. It was, he, was yeah. he deliberately chose to record in, in black and white. Well, I think with that, it kept it keeps like a nostalgia to it and you just think, oh, that, especially with something like comedy, and, and I think the same would be said for horror, is that if it's still kept in black and white, you have that appreciation for the time it was done mm. yeah. if you then try and what I would say is bastardise it by going let's just throw colour at it you're then trying to make it modern and mm. yeah. you couldn't it's like you couldn't make a Charlie Chaplin or a Laurel and Hardy film or an Abbott and Costello film now and put it up against like a Will Ferrell or Kevin Hart because the humour's different so yeah. I just think things like that I would yeah I mean I saw I think I saw on YouTube that it was in colour but um, I think when you said like yeah. to avoid yeah, it I was yeah. like I'd stick with the yeah. black and white I think a lot of the humour was still sort of steeped in music hall, wasn't it? A variety. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and also the shackles that the silent era put on comedy yeah. as well. Yeah, massively. You know, because Stan and Ollie both appeared together in silent movies. Yeah. So you get that over-exaggeration of yeah, faces. Because even a lot of the, not so much dialogue, but there was a lot of... Uh, Gurning and face pulling. Oh, oh, uh, it sounds rather than words yeah. a lot of Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. But that's that. what makes it, to me, funny. Yeah. You know, it is that pantomime. It's that over-exaggeration of... Mm. It's like two grown kids. That's basically what they are. They were two grown-up kids. What I, and I said this to Paul, was that, yeah. is that... And I can see that. And yeah. again, our ages are different. And mm. that, and I do appreciate what they do. Were they annoying you, Liam? They were the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> yes. They probably, well, Chuckle Brothers were them. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuckle Brothers because yeah. it was that... <laughs> But what was adult comedy in the 30s over the years has now transpired to kids childish comedy. Yeah. comedy. Yeah. Kids comedy, yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to... It, it feels like bad when I say it because I always just think to myself, right, I appreciate things for the time. Yeah. Um, to me, it doesn't stand the test of time. For me, I couldn't... I wouldn't be able to say to anybody that's never... Seen, like you said... I wouldn't recommend that as a first if someone's never watched it. No, a couple of the shorts, I think, I'd mm. um, towards it. Yeah, for somebody to get a taste for it to yeah, see yeah. if they did. Yeah. Um, but you can... I think it's the sort of film where if you was to watch it um, with, like, say, if us three did watch it mm. together, I think then, because where we would be speaking about bits, that I, for myself, being my age, would go, oh, okay, yeah, no, I, get, it, I see that. see that. I see how that's yeah. relevant now. Yeah. 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 Um, and it, obviously... <laughs> very obviously, they are part of modern culture in comedy because their name would still be mentioned nowadays oh, if they wasn't. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it was a struggle for me mm. and my attention isn't the greatest thing ever. Mm. So I thought, like, okay. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> genuinely, take the piss out of someone with a disability. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it, uh, uh, there were parts in it that did make me chuckle that I was like, okay, you can see but yeah, I think it was just quite long. Yeah. And it wasn't long. That's the thing. It was no, an hour and eight. <laughs> and I think that's that's one of them things where if you watch a, it's like what we were saying, what I said earlier, that I would watched um, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Caligari, yeah, which surprised yeah, which, me, yeah. 1920, I think. Mm, yeah, you're probably and, right about it, yeah, yeah. And that was only 51 minutes, but yeah. I remember watching it because, again, I just thought, I want to watch some films that are, Go out your comfort zone. Go out your comfort zone. Yeah, and just try it. And because it was like one of the original horrors, I was like, mm. I watch it. Yeah. It felt like it was a two or three hour film. <laughs> See, this is <laughs> because was, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm so used to being raised in a. I, not that my mum let me watch these films. I had to watch them at friends' house, but I watched horrors like Freddy Krueger when I was a kid. Yeah. So it was like boom, Halloween. Yeah. It was just there. Uh, things have yeah. to happen. Things yeah. have to happen in a five minute exactly. sequence. You know. But so. I get that. They only made them films because they had to learn from what was the they, past. It was brand new. It was a brand yeah. new medium. I, what I was going to sort of mention as well, we're talking this is 1933. Mm. We reviewed Frankenstein. We did. Pretty much the same era. It was 31, yeah. I think. It might have been yeah. Frankenstein off the top of my head. Only about an hour and ten minutes long. Yeah. Same See, I, felt, I, I felt Frankenstein felt shorter. Exactly. Because right. I love it. <laughs> now, if I was to give you guys a movie that was, say, a drama or a film noir or something from this, you'd hate it. 
Yeah. You would hate anything that, from the early part of the 30s, sort of like the, the pre-code or just the post-code era, you, you'd struggle even more, mm. I think. Um, I don't know, Paul, watching it this time around, you're, you're familiar with Sons of the Desert. You're familiar with all Laurel and Hardy. I've probably seen it all over time, but obviously I was 10 to sort of 14. So you haven't watched any sort of Laurel and Hardy recently? Nope. No? Nope. I, I think when I was growing up, I always preferred Abbott Costello because they were... A, Ooh, yeah, my brother a, always did. A, a, a little bit... Yeah. A little bit funnier. <laughs> um, but... I always remember Laurel and Hardy as the short 20 minute, yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I found in the 15, 20 minute ones, they tried to get as many laughs in as possible. Yeah. And in this, where it's an hour and a bit, it develops into they, else. they didn't do that. Yeah. So the jokes when they came were like the eating of the wax fruit. Mm. They were milked a bit. And it was almost like them saying, this is the funny bit. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we'll, drag we'll, it out. We'll let you have this for a bit yeah. longer. <laughs> um, and I actually found it difficult to watch this. Wow. Okay. I, I really, okay. really struggled. I sat there and I, I think I smiled about three times and I, I laughed once. Yeah, what, what did you laugh at? <laughs> at the joke about the doctor turning up and he said, "I didn't know you got a veterinarian." I said, "I didn't, didn't, didn't think it mattered what religion he was." <laughs> But that's the sort of thing Paul laughs at anyway, yeah, Liam, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like it, it's difficult yeah. to say because I, I I'm trying to like word this probably as well. It's come back to me because I forgot myself. You're, you're not dissing no. the movie. You're, no, you're, no, you're no. It, it, it needed. It's... I say if if that story, which could have been put in a 20 minute short. It would have been funnier because they'd have had to force the gags you know, too quickly. Do you know what I think it is? I think sort of tucked in amongst this hour and eight minutes are little sketches that they would have used in 20 yes, minutes. Yeah, yeah. The bit where the ringing of the doorbells, yeah. where <laughs> the, they're both living, you know, and that the, was the, a couple of The bit at the minutes. start where he walked in one door and came out yeah. the other. Yeah, it's, that it's could, amusing, that yeah. Fit, that would have fitted in a 20-minute yeah, yeah, short. Yeah. Um, it's Certain bit, other things, you know, you can see they had other ideas. They're thinking, oh, we can't get this here. We'll, we'll put it in the big movie we're going to be doing, which is Sons yeah. of the Desert, and we'll use that bit. I think that's that what it is. Yeah. When you feel like, when you feel, when you see things, again, for me, The Great Dictator, watching that, the, the comedy in that one was short and sharp. It was like, mm. that bit was funny, yeah. ha ha, then we carry on with it a bit serious, then yeah. ha ha. Whereas this felt like you wanted to put out that there's some humour in it. So you wanted to drag that comedy out. And unfortunately, back then as well, watching any comedy back then, it was your short, sharp wittiness that yeah. made it funny. Mm. And uh, I can only assume this would be from the direction, not from Laurel and Hardy themselves. Mm. But if they're going, right, we need to make this joke last because this is a feature-length film, yeah. you're then going, okay, how can we... The, from what I'd ever heard of Laurel and Hardy, it was the short uh, um, 20 minutes. Mm. And like Paul said, it's like they squeeze too much in, but they're trying to squeeze it in, but at the time making it last for a full film. Yeah. yeah. And it just, to me, it was like, oh, okay. The first time, literally, when he bites the apple and it's actually like, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, for me, anyway. Yeah. Like in the funny part, but then you're like, why is it still happening? Yeah. And then it's still, and then I was like, okay. And then it just kind of all, come on. And it's that sort of. You've yeah. also got to remember the audiences at the time were a rage, range of. Ages. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, there'd, there'd be five-year-old kids. It was a family night out, so yeah, there'd yeah. be like five-year-old kids sitting with the grandparents and all that lot. So yeah. the kids would be chuckling at things like mm. that. That would be the bit they would be laughing yeah. at. The parents would be laughing at the conflict between the husband and wife thing. Mm. And I think that's uh, great with it. I think that's yeah, that well, is what makes it that sort of film and at that sort of time great. It's just difficult to, for me personally, to go and think that way because obviously I don't have kids, so. I mean, I could find something like a kid's film, like Toy Story, for example, as it's on telly. I could chuckle a bit like that because I was a kid then. But I, it is difficult because you have to, you can only like a film how you see it. Yeah. And and it is strange that I'm a big fan of Charlie Chaplin films, but from yeah. watching this, not so much. Um, and I, I couldn't even tell you as to why that would be because... Mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. It, it's strange because I genuinely thought, do you know, I've been watching a lot of like 20s, 30s, 40s films. You're, you're, black and you're white. doing a bit of research yeah. at the moment. So aren't I thought, you, so. okay, I, I genuinely thought, okay, this one was going to be something I'll go, never watch Lauren Hardy properly. Yeah. I'm going to end up loving this because I love comedy. Yeah. What, I'll do, that wasn't. what I'll do is I'll give you a list of three or four of the more classic yeah. short I mean, movies. I have yeah. checked on. My phone today mm. about like the top ten. Yeah, of the music box won an Oscar. The one with the piano going up yeah. down the stairs. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. That's the most famous yeah. one because it won the Oscar. Um, uh, Toad in the hole, the one with the boat. Where they buy the boat? Yes, yeah. I say, you don't get me wrong. I I don't dislike Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. I just didn't particularly think this was their best work by quite a stretch. I think they were more suited. What what you guys are saying yeah. to me, you you guys think they're more suited to twenty minute shorts rather than feature lengths. Because yeah. I don't particularly like Way Out West, which is the more famous now, of the feature length. Yeah, that's ones. one. I, if if I was to name one, that's mm. probably the only one I could name. Yeah, but if you compare, like Two Ronnies, for instance, mm. right? Great at sketches and a, yeah. a show of sketches. Yeah. If they ever made a film... Well, they did The Picnic and By the Sea, didn't they? They did those yeah. feature-length things. That, yeah, you but know, that you lose interest because... Classic example, Morecambe and Wise made a couple of movies yeah, that weren't um, very good at all. No. See, and I love Morecambe and Wise. Yeah. yeah. But the movies the they made... And stuff, yeah. yeah. It, Intelligence and Men and that, no. Even yeah. like um, Porridge, for instance, which was a great half-hour show yeah. which in the half-hour it had you could almost break it down into little sketches it was punchy, couldn't you? wasn't it, it yeah was boom, 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 yeah and they make a film and it's like eh. they did that with sitcoms in the 70s yeah. and 80s, didn't they they all had yeah. a movie spin-off you know I mean, liam's got are you something being there. What are you looking at, yeah. um, imdb's top 10 lauren hardy films go on what were they saying now? um number one is helpmates that's the one within the sawmill i think that's 21 minutes yeah then blockheads yeah which is 57 minutes Number three is County Hospital, which is 19 minutes. Hard-boiled eggs and nuts. <laughs> Ollie's got a broken leg and Stan comes to visit him. Pretty much that's the premise. <laughs> um, a chump at Oxford. Is that only a short? That, no, that's, this is just their oh, top I was 10 say, That's a feature. Yeah. That's 62 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Then Way Out West, which is 65. Yeah. The Devil's Brother, which is Don't know the that. longest. That's mm. 90 minutes. Don't know that. That's, mm. um, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Wooden Soldiers, yeah. Then Sons of the Desert. Um, the music box, which Mus- is twenty nine minutes, yeah. and the tenth one is the Bohemian Girl, That's which is seventy one minutes. Well, yeah. as well, yeah. But mm. going back to, sorry, I just remembered that I thought this film was trying to be stretched. Yeah. When they were at the convention and the hula girls were dancing. Right? Oh, they, campus dancer ever. Oh, good, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but when the sort of eight ten hula girls were dancing, yeah. They let it play, but right? The thing is, and they let then, it play. No. It, it was like, yes, might be for the era, but yeah. nowadays, if that was featured in a film, there'd be dialogue whilst they in were the dancing. No, and, back then, any Marx Brothers movie had a musical break. Most, right. you know, that sort of thing of the comedy. So it's like having an intermission. It yeah. was basically. It was break, like, oh, it? we've got, you know, this band here that, and they would do a three-minute musical. Yeah, segment, I was very surprised. You know? I thinking. They can end this soon, but no, no they let them do the no, whole routine. Yeah, typical for the time. Mm. Um, I think that's what makes it difficult when you watch films like that. Isn't yeah, because you're not in so that era. It's so yeah. different yeah. to what we're used to. Because it's like educating yourself on it, and mm. it's not to say you can like with actual education. It's not to say that you'll end up liking it. It's just you learn from it and then understand. Like now, not to say I dislike Lauren Hardy, but like when we've watched older films at black and white, for me, I yeah. learned from like. We watched Mildred Pierce, it was black and white. Mm. Uh, for me, I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> Not to say it's a bad film for people that do like it. Yeah. And it's you have to learn from watching these films as to it's why they may be that mm. way. Yeah. Yeah. And like with Lauren Hardy, this one in particular, sorry, is that, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It's not to say I won't ever watch a Lauren Hardy film I again. I think you need to see some other ones. And yeah, yeah. I, I would have to look back because look on Amazon One, they had everything and like a lot of their short films. So I would look at them and go, okay, and then it might spawn something for me to go, okay, now I understand this. I think you might be looking at comedy now in, you know, something you'll be watching, you'll go, bloody hell, that's come from Lauren yeah. Hardy. You yeah. can see where oh, yeah, there's a lot. their influences not, everywhere. Not nicked as such, but just sort of changed and borrowed. Or, yeah. 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 Well, that's what comedy is, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. what you see and what you've learned. Every comedian watched 
stand up com- any stand up now watched previous stand ups mm. they would have only watched what they could have yeah. which would always go back to watching people like Lauren yeah. Hardy watching Charlie Chaplin you know watching what? that here we go during the war when I worked in the video shop here we go we had a Charlie Chaplin impersonator came in one Christmas to give out Christmas leaflets and just do a bit of promotion you know didn't he say did. much he didn't know he was, he was doing the old Charlie Chaplin and all this stuff. But he was like a professional actor, mm. as well as doing this Charlie Chaplin impersonation yeah. routine. And this has always stuck with me because he said, I've been learning about comedy. He said, I'm trying to educate myself, he said, because I want to become an actor, I want to become a good comedian and all that. Yeah. And he said, good comedy is based on one thing. And I went, okay. He said, conflict. Yeah. True, you're agreeing with me straight yeah. away. Because... You look at Stan Laurel, you look at Lauren Hardy, fat, thin, short, tall, hmm. pompous, stupid. Yeah. You, and, yeah. And, and the whole thing, and, and you look at any comedy, it all revolves around a clash of yeah. some kind. Yeah, yeah. The, the best comedy always has done, I'm, I'm a big Ricky Gervais fan in The Office, Ooh. he was a fat 40-something-year-old voice to space. Was who again, had, conflicting against everybody else yeah, in that workplace. younger, yeah. They were, and yeah. it was it was the older wanting to be cool against the actual younger people that were still kind of cool, and it's that sort of thing. And I've I have actually done quite a lot of research and watching of like comedy because it is one thing that I've said to Paul I'd, I would love to go to an open mic night. Yes, because trying to I don't know if I'm funny, but trying to be funny is something I love to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it works well because people laugh at, at me. Uh, and you were with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they laugh around me when I speak. But it is, and I've watched a lot, and that's why I didn't mind watching like Lauren Hardy because I thought, well, I've watched Charlie Chaplin, Lauren Hardy's mm. next, and then to go through him because comedy had to start somewhere. Don't... And every single bit is mm. about conflict. Yeah, it's, it's clashing it's... and conflict of, okay. of something. Mm. And that's why, if you look at comedy now, people go, Oh, it goes too far. It's not, it's creating conflict, even if you're just a stand up comedy because it's creating a reaction from you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sometimes, some of that more controversial comedy is yeah. like, hang on a minute, yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at that because yeah. that is so near yeah. the knuckle. Yeah. That's it's disgusting, yeah. But, yeah. You've just but you're laughing at you're it. Yeah. Jimmy Carr does it where he tries to make you and then just turns around and goes, What, what, what did I yeah. say? Sort of and, and the thing <laughs> is, however bad his jokes are mm. you'll laugh even if it's only for a second mm. before you go yeah your initial reaction is laughter of course it is because you find it funny yeah and then your morals are saying oh no i shouldn't be laughing shouldn't at be laughing at that but i can't help myself <laughs> don't have no morals. i don't think once i've watched the comedian gone i think the only time i can say i've actually gone oh it was when i was probably 17 18 and went back and watched some old Bernard Manning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was he, purely uh, because that wasn't he, as he much was, comedy as just racist. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, how was you allowed to say that? Yeah. Yes, it was funny. <laughs> but that was the only thing that's ever made me go, oh, how is that allowed? Yeah, he was um, notorious think, for that. For me, that... Uh, wasn't uh, the only one? No, no, no. no, no. The only one. In the 70s, it was... It was accepted. Yeah. It was it was accepted and it was what people found funny. But that's the thing, the and it's exactly the same now. It's just not that times have moved on, just whatever is more offensive has now moved on. Yeah. yeah. So it may have been offensive to take the piss out of a black person or like um Roy Chubby Brown and his daughter getting with a Greek guy and the fact that her arsehole was five P when she left when she came back to the size of fifty pence piece. <laughs> it's it's like things like that, Deacon. What, what are you complaining about? Forty five P? Yeah, yeah. And it's things like that. And that's, that's the sort of thing, it's, that would offend someone go, oh, I'm Greek. You're like, oh, right, fuck it, we'll change it. Yeah. It'll be an Italian next time, obviously. Exactly, and then yeah. it just makes, it's just whatever people get offended yeah. by the most, they'll shout about the most and yep. it gets stopped. And yep. obviously comedy had to start somewhere and you could never have gone back to the 1920s and gone, well, what can we do that's offensive? Yeah. Because then they would have just shut you down. Yeah. They yeah. would have stopped you dead and gone, hang on a second, no, we've not heard this before. So yeah. doing that, quite numb slapstick humour the tongue in cheeks so that was needed because mm. at a time where let's say it was the talkies that were mm. coming in you like post World War One, yeah. pre World yeah. War Two, yeah. it's the world needed some lightening up and I could look at Lauren Hardy and say do you know what They're, they actually are doing something for the generation then that needed that lifting. Yeah. And that's how, to me, I tell myself, that's how I have to look at it. I think you can agree that Lauren Hardy's humour is totally inoffensive. 
Yeah, oh, totally. yeah you couldn't yeah. get offended. It's, by it's mm-hmm. very difficult to look at that film and say, right, if that was made now, who would be upset? Um, you might get women. something from the women for the way they're portrayed as, yeah. but there's you're always going to yeah <laughs> but, but there's not going to be there, well, was, yeah. there was no racist slurs no homophobic slurs no, nothing like it. that <laughs> so as a snapshot of 1933 comedy at the time I know Paul's grown up watching Lauren Hardy this one he struggled with Liam first time sort of watches any sort of Lauren Hardy yeah. to any degree I think the opinions, my opinion is I I loved it and I will carry on watching Lauren Hardy. It's it's Mm. just one of my favourites. But with you guys, I think you're not dismissing this film at all. It's just, from Paul's point of view, it's like, oh, yeah, perhaps it's not as good as I remembered it being, but some of the other stuff I liked better. Yeah, I I think, especially if you were going to show it to someone nowadays, go for the short ones. Yeah. Go for the ones where they had a limited amount of time to make people laugh, so I think they were trying harder. Yeah, and give them that 20-minute burst yeah. rather than an hour and whatever. Yeah. And for Liam, okay, a bit disappointed, but you're prepared to give it a go yeah. with some other stuff. Yeah? I think it's it'd be silly to write off things just because of one... It, it, yeah, it'd be no different than me saying, oh, you made us watch Mildred Pierce, can't stand it, so I'm never going to watch a black and white ever. <laughs> But yet then after that, I watched 12 Angry Men and absolutely loved that yeah. film. Mm. Yeah. And I've gone back and watched films like in the 20s and they've been great. And it's, there you go. it's not a case of... I would it's a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. It is a learning curve. You pick and choose your favourites. I mean, I'm, you, you know me, I'm a film fan, but I've got films that I can't stand at yeah. all. You know, and they might be films that you guys like. Yeah. That's what makes us film... Well, well go not, on, tell us. No, 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 no. It's okay if you think untouchables is shit. This is why we do the podcast because we have differing differing opinions. Yeah, we can't love every movie. We can't hate every movie. We can't. And I think that's what's good. Sometimes I, I sit there, and it only reminded me the other day was at work, and Lynn, um, we were talking about films, and Lynn said how much she loves Apocalypto. Yeah, and I was like, exactly. <laughs> and she said, Paul's like, oh. and she, she said, oh, why don't you like it? And immediately she also said the first thing we said was like, is it because of subtitles? Yeah. I was like, no. He said the reason. She was like. Oh, anyway, it's still a great film. <laughs> but I think, like with Whiplash, we, we can watch that, and because it can hit you all on so many different levels, mm. talking about it is great. But when we'd done the one on Apocalypto, because we both liked it, yeah. or loved it, and Paul didn't, yeah. it also then also made for a great podcast, because the disagreement was more like a... I never made the film, I'm not Mel Gibson, mm. but I'm like, well, hang on a second, I picked that film and I liked it. But we weren't arguing and, didn't. Yeah, we weren't arguing just and trying to convince him to no, like it. No, it was just like, was we intrigued why yeah, we two of us did and one didn't. Why he's mm. stupid. That's how I felt with Mel Gibson. We were just arguing at why he's an idiot. Thanks. No other reason. I mean, Mildred Pierce, I understand. No one should like it. I'm not trying to change your opinion, Scott. I'm just telling you, your opinion's wrong. Five-star movie, son. Um, Out of a thousand. (laughs) Talk to the star ratings. Do you want to give... uh, We we normally do ten now, don't we? Yeah, we do ten. I think ten would be is fairer on films. Go for it, then. I think you can get more accurate. Go for it. What do you think, Paul? I'd have to go for four. Okay, no, no, it's fine, because bearing in mind what you guys have said, don't, yeah. don't feel yeah. embarrassed about your I'm, wrong opinion. Paul. I'm not dissing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always Paul, in it? Have you ever noticed it's always Paul? I'm he not, just throws his shit out. I'm not dissing Lauren and Hardy. I just don't think this was their finest moment. It's fine. Morgan, Morgan Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I'm not dissing them. <laughs> oh, right. come down, Coolio. I'm down with the kids. <laughs> You're down. Liam? Um, I would say four. Four? As well. It's a confident four. Generous four, sorry. A generous Generous four. four. Okay. I'll get my coat because I'm going to say nine. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. It is because it's part of of my childhood. It's part Mm. of the... the, They are the greatest comedy duo ever, I think. Mm. Are you disputing... Oh, fuck. Go on. (laughs) He made a noise. He did, didn't he? Squeaked at me. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. I, I think that's a generational opinion. Oh uh, yeah, but it's fine. But that's my opinion. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're comedy entitled to it. Greatest comedy yeah. because I think so many comedy duos that we have seen, 
since were influenced by those guys. Oh, undoubtedly. Doesn't make them the funniest, though. Well, it makes them my favourite. That's fine. Who's funniest, Paul? And Dick. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, what, in film or just in general? Because I, I, I love the two Ronnies. I think they were Yeah, absolutely great. I like the two Ronnies. The, but, the writing yeah. of... Um, All right, perhaps not the, the, I, th- I think they're the most influential, they're the most important, I think. And they certainly deserve their place in Hollywood history and comedy history. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I would not disagree with that. Yeah. That they, they were obviously the forerunners of especially talking comedy. Yeah. Um, I think it's that bouncing off of each other. Yeah. Is the, the more than anything, when you look at comedy duos, it's not a case of. It's not if they're funny, because to be funny is very easy, but if you're a duo, it's whether or not you work together. And people that, you can go down to what you might class some of the poorest duos, and they will still work. The reason Adam Deck is still on everyone's TV is because they bounced off of each other and worked. Yeah. Um, the Chuckle Brothers was on telly from when I was a little kid, yeah. in, and it was still on telly up until uh, Barry died, or Paul died, yeah, whichever yeah. it was. But because they work, and they bounce, it's how the chemistry works between them, and if you can bounce off each other, then that's what makes it funny because people don't have to look at it and go, this is forced. They go, oh, that's like me and my mate when we're out. Yeah, that's and it. That's you can relate to that to. If, you, if you've got um, that relationship with a friend, yeah. And, and it is. And I think nowadays there isn't so much as comedy duos because you have people that appear in films together a lot, like, um, but they're not necessarily a comedy duo. No, they're no. not. Yeah, I'll tell you what you mean. There's you won't get yeah. comedians yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, like we say, you get Will Ferrell and CJ Riley. They mm. both do quite a lot of films together and they're brilliant. But again, they also could be in a film by themselves yeah. and raking the money for humour. Like, yeah. if you look back at Abbott Costello, it was always those two mm. oh, in okay. the films together yeah. and they done shed loads through the 40s yeah. and 50s. Yeah. It's like I say, I've watched some of the two Ronnies and they are they do crack me up. I've also watched Porridge and I didn't find that as funny. No. Um, no again, I think from like obviously the 20s right up until I'd say the 90s, you probably had comedy duos were a big thing and they did influence a hell of a lot. Yeah. But I think from, I'd say, the comedy duos probably started dying out in the 90s while the stand-up comedian... The only comedy duo in the nineties that were probably sort of of any importance was probably Vic and Bob. Yeah, and that is a is very much down to taste because yeah, they can be very, very, divisive, very yeah. unusual. Yeah, but they weren't they weren't your traditional Morgan Wise, Cannon and Ball, mm, Lyndon no. Large. They they had died. Yeah, Hale and Pace. Yeah, Hale yeah, and Pace. Oh. They were literally in the nineties. They were <laughs> yeah. the last guards, yeah, they weren't were. they? Like um, but. It was when, you know, your Ben Elton's and your alternate comedians yeah. came in. Yeah. They picked up on it and they said, you lot are tired. You lot are, you know, yeah. don't have any place in our generation. And it's gone on for, I mean, you can't even knock it to sense because if you go back to 1920, or say 90, late 1920s, early mm. 1930s, up until, I'd say 2000, mm-hmm. when you could definitely say duos, as in film-wise, and things like and sketches died out. That's a long running to be going for. That's not like, oh, you had 10 years, you had two decades. Yeah. That's a long old time to go. You know, comedy duos have been great for a long time. Yeah. You're tired, it's wearing out. People now yeah. are looking at, we want to offend people for humour. And yeah. it, 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 then it's gone to what some might call an extreme, but maybe, maybe one day. And it does take a lot, I think, for a comedy duo to make it now. Because you can look at people like Kevin Hart and The Rock, work brilliant together in films. Mm-hmm. Genuinely hilarious together, but one's a comedian, one's just a normal actor and a wrestler. Yeah. So they'd never be classed as that duo. No, and there's that. There's not that traditional. No, music hall. You could put them back on stage and get yeah. them to make people yeah. to laugh. It it's doesn't purely exist in Hollywood. anymore, does it? And not to say it's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just obviously time changes, and I say I would never knock something just because I don't necessarily like it at that moment no, no. I think it was difficult as well I'd got in from work yesterday I got in from work mm. at 6 o'clock and I was like wow well, I watch these now thinking like chim but when any film I could probably The Crow's still my favourite film but mm. if I'm in a if I've had a long week and I'm like do you know what I'm on call I just want it yeah. I probably would sit there and turn it off after work because I'm like I can't be bothered yeah but you and have to watch it for this watch yeah. it at a certain time and you're tired 
And the same goes for other films I've watched, including what we'll be reviewing next time. Yes. Well, what might happen if you watch a couple of 20-minute Warren Hardys and go back to this in a year's time, you might yeah. change your opinions. Yeah. So, okay, guys, let's take a short break. We'll be back with what we're watching next time. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, chaps, next time it's Paul's choice. Hit me. Well, as it's their anniversary, which I didn't know till you posted. They are 50 years old, <laughs> as am I, yes. Um, and we have been lucky enough to go see them. Yes. I am choosing Monty Python's The Holy Grail. Monty Python's? Python's, as in it belongs to. Oh, okay. There's an apostrophe in there. Is there? Okay. I didn't hear you say the apostrophe. <laughs> yeah, so no, I believe there was right. one, Paul. We'll let him get away with that. Um, everybody's seen this a fair few times. Mm. Yep. Looking forward to it. Me and Liam are busting for a pee. We're going to wrap this up now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Liam, thank you very much. No, thank you very Thanks. much. And I'm out of it. See ya. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> the sirens are going as well. <laughs> The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Master arms, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said Don't wear a frown Try positive thinking Laugh at your troubles instead You've got to look On the bright side On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way my friend When things look black Try Positive thinking, treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try. Positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.